Welcome back down to Brown. I am so excited to bring to you episode two of 2022. Wow, look at that alliteration. Today's episode is continuing in the fashion of an episode we did prior, which was a review of Never Have I Ever. And I started to introduce this concept of once in a while, when our heart feels like it, if we so desire, we'll review some content that overlaps with brown themes or stories and experiences. And just like that was really not the thing that I thought we would be reviewing next, but it was just too ripe after that Diwali episode. And in addition to simply watching these series so far, there are a lot of attempts to basically tell the audience, yo, we get it. It's inclusive now. It's a new age. And they're really trying. And so I could think of no one better to watch reviewed this episode with then my friend Sahidi. Sahidi Karampuru is a former lawyer. She's now a current public servant in her hometown of Austin, Texas, and she is just awesome. She knows a lot about like everything. She is very much politically active. She is a cat mom of two. She's a certified yoga teacher, and she's on the alumni board of her alma mater. She's also just fascinating to learn from and joke around with. Fun facts, Drake once asked for her number in a mall and she declined, ayo. Um, She's a certified compost educator and she claims to have a shoe collection that rivals Carrie Bradshaw's. So truly the perfect match to review this episode. I just want to say a disclaimer that Sex and the City is a classic example of this phenomena that we're experiencing now where it could mean something very much in your life at some point where it was so important to you, you thought it was the shit. But as time moves on, you start to see it through a different lens. So there's nothing wrong in saying there was a time where it meant a lot to me. I felt very understood by this show. And now that I know better, I can also evaluate and critique it differently. So I don't want to dismiss it completely because I did have so much fun with it in my teens but I also didn't know a lot of the stuff that I know now. And so I'm very glad to know the things I do now to be able to look at it from a different lens and really challenge whether it's fulfilling its promise of speaking to women, um, all kinds of women, all kinds of identities and sexualities, races, ethnicities, abilities, etc. So let's get to it. All right, Sahidi, thank you so much for joining me on this lovely Sunday to talk about Sex in the City. Cheers. Hi. Well, what are drink you drinking? Match. I know. I have a lovely non-alcoholic spritzer channeling my Miranda <laughs> this morning. So you're very much parallel with her life right now. I'm really unfortunately, hope, for my husband's sake, I really hope not. There's no Che Diaz in my life. <laughs> yeah, um, that I'm like, I'm so curious about Steve because he has been completely like quiet during this part and I feel so bad for him. 
I'm channeling Miranda from like the bar when she was like, it's 11 a.m. somewhere. Um, <laughs> Trader Joe's has like this fantastic boozy tea that's cranberry chai and it's very good. So I guess it's a little daisy too with the chai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when did you first meet Sex in the City? So I started watching Sex in the City in high school. Um, I was like torrenting it on my computer that I had in my room. And I learned about the show from my parents' subscription to Newsweek. There was a review of, I guess oh, it must've been season two or three. And I was like, oh, I should start watching this show. And then my dad caught me watching it and was like, this show is not for you. You know, Indian <laughs> parents, anything yeah. with sex, they're like, no, no, no. So a show so it called Sex the title. City. Yeah. yeah. How uh, are you torrent? So why were you torrenting it? Is it because your parents, you had to hide it from them? Well, we didn't have HBO. Oh, that's so, true. And in 1999, I don't know what else you could do. <laughs> that is so true. I remember I started watching it because I don't remember how I heard about it, but the movie was coming out and something about the movie and like the city vibe just made me feel like, is that me? And so I started to like do my research and all the episodes were on YouTube at that point. So I like caught up under the covers, like when my parents went to sleep, like in my room. And like, it was just like this fascinating world. And so of course, like when the movie came out, the first one, my friend and I got dressed up and went to San Francisco to watch it. <laughs> we were like, wow. Uh, of course, no one really dresses up in San Francisco, like New York City. So we looked pretty foolish, but it was fun. So did you feel like Sex and the City was something that you like connected with? Like, what was your journey, especially in the time that we were when we watched it? A lot of the stuff we know now and are aware of now, did, you know, we weren't. So how did you experience it back when you were young? I think, I mean, definitely at the time, there was like nothing like that on TV. Uh, but the funny thing is now looking back, it's like knowing that Sex and the City was written by a lot of gay men and not women it really kind of informs like okay this never was really organically like women talking about sex it was still yeah. always men talking about sex but maybe in the way that they thought women would um it's funny that you say that you watch it on youtube because when I, even when i was in college we i like rented the vhs tapes with my friends and like they watched it for the first time on VHS. So just like the technological differences between when you watched it for the first time and when I did is insane. Yeah, I know it is ridiculous. Um, but I feel like they were probably doing it to be like, let's get people to catch up and then be like, pull the plug on the YouTube ones like the minute the movie came out. Um, but I completely agree about the, the writer's piece because I mean, it goes to show like, I, I appreciate like, you know, watching that show, looking back, like, and the interpretation by gay men, I think like typically a lot of content out there is not usually written by people that it actually represents. Um, but at least it was more accurate, I would say, than mm -hmm. maybe a straight man. However, I think it just goes to show like, you really do need people who can reflect it. And my friend introduced me to this concept that we're actually going to do an episode about called like this concept is a male gaze and how a lot of our world, we like have media stories. Like we've actually read or consumed content that is written by the male gaze. So what they think 
it is to be a woman what they think like when it comes to love stories friendships or even sex right so it can be I think we talk about it a lot with sex like the damage of like watching sex scenes of like thinking that that's how it's supposed to be but it's usually written by men so it could be like more of like a male fantasy than actual reality um so that's like a whole thing that I never realized about sex in the city too is that you are still seeing it through the male gaze for sure but like in this case dressed up with some fashion and some shoes exactly which distracts you because it's fabulous oh yeah. <laughs> yeah so now fast forward we are in our 30s watching this show that we you know once were like it's so taboo um on our tvs proudly and loudly um in our living room so and just like that came out and um obviously there have been mi- mixed feelings so i'm actually curious to set the stage like what do you think this season and the return is trying to accomplish I honestly have no idea sometimes I think it's just like a cynical money grab yeah often it is I really I I don't know what they're trying to accomplish because these women are in their 50s it there is some interesting conversation about grief yeah but then there's also some like bonkers conversations about like infidelity and marriage and it just nothing is like lining up to me yet I completely agree I think there's like um the the one side I see is that it's interesting to see stories about women who are at an age like above 30s like we rarely ever see that and that was what the show accomplished back in the day and now it is too but at the same time I agree with you like I haven't decided like they don't seem clear themselves in that like is it about these women changing their lives? Is it about us showing like how society has progressed? Like there's so many like obviously painful moments of like, we get it, like we're woke now. And mm-hmm. so it's confusing. Like, are they trying to remedy the fact that they didn't have diversity before? I'm with you. So like, while I'm really happy to see a story about that type of age and like, I want to see what it's like to be like amazing. Cause like, that's what Sex and the City was for me is like, I didn't really know how to be like, a fabulous independent woman back then, like at 17, because usually I didn't grow up with a lot of aunties and uncles who like demonstrated that kind of like, I'm on my own, living by myself, working and dating. So that's what it was. Um, But even now I'm like looking to it as like, could this be a playbook for my fifties? And frankly, I really hope not like now having seen it. Yeah. It's a, it's kind of an embarrassing, I was hoping that the characters would be a little bit further along in their journeys and that maybe we wouldn't have to see like the awkward beginnings of whatever these things are yeah I totally agree like even just um if we're going into characters and like feel free just like jump in let's attack them um and love them because you know there's some things that I really do love about them but Miranda's thing doesn't line up to your point because when the movie came out she was so like you broke us Steve like when he like cheated and now she's clearly cheating, but are they trying to make the point that because it's like, like what, why? Like now she's suddenly not happy, which also doesn't seem like super clear because she seemed really happy when we left her where the series ended. And even when the movie ended, she could have had a chance. Right. We're leave. ignoring the second movie, right? Because like, it just Dead to is me. bad. Yeah. It didn't do anything. And also what happened in Miranda's story? She had a job that was tough and she left it. Yeah. It was like, there was no story development for the characters. 
Um, but yeah, so I'm she curious. did. She was embarrassing herself a lot in that movie, though, being confronted with like things she didn't know. So maybe it does set the stage for the way the characters are now. The Fair way enough. that they were treating Middle Eastern people in that movie versus how they're bringing that into this TV show. Yeah, maybe that was rough. And what they even did to Samantha in that movie, I was like, just so disappointed. I'm like, she's not that rudely ignorant. Like, right. Like the whole ending scene. So anyway, yes. Um, I don't know what we're even talking about because to me, the second movie didn't exist. So let's move forward. Doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So since we're tackling Miranda, I'm curious, like, what have you been thinking about Miranda since episode one of this season? I I really she's a mess her whole family is a mess Brady is like the most terrible child um there is like I mean obviously you and I did not grow up in these types of households but there is like a case to make for like making your house a safe place for your teenage child to experience sex yes I think what they're trying to show us is that Miranda has no boundaries about anything and is just kind of like I'm just letting things happen to me, which has been carrying through the episodes in different ways. She's very passive in her own life, which is kind of sad. Was she always like that though? No, she was like very, I thought she was like more aggressive and I thought that they were going to make her even more aggressive because Samantha is gone. Yeah. Now we have three women who are just like, letting a lot of things happen to them and not really like taking control of their situations that's very true I also just found it really yeah maybe they're trying to show that she's like losing control and like maybe this is how they're making the point that she just like doesn't know what's happening that's why she's not happy but I feel a little disappointed by how they've pulled that like I've been unhappy forever card like it just seemed to dishonor everything that we've watched about her and like Steve and like the role he played, like I'm really happy for her journey if she's learning more about her identity, but I just didn't feel like they had to dismiss. And I feel like they've been doing that a lot with the relationships where they're just like dismissing them. Like Stanley, the actor passed. Like, I don't know why they put him in like this like villa, like he like left to Tokyo and like, it was, it's just so strange. I know, I think the Miranda situation, this would have been a really interesting time for her to have the conversation with Steve, but at the club non-monogamy, like she yeah. can be unhappy and like want to explore things in her life, but uh, the show is not, for the show emphasizing marriage as much as it did in the first movie and in the TV show, the show really seems to be like marriage, whatever. Yeah. Marriage is whatever. <laughs> shrug (laughs) we don't see harry very often no who knows where steve is (laughs) steve is like in his 50s and they're like he's deaf he's He's eating ice cream yeah Yeah. he doesn't hear miranda but he hears like his son it's very yeah it's super strange um but i do feel like the harry i would love to see more of because charlotte and harry have been my favorite so far yeah how do you feel about charlotte's journey oh i mean i actually think hers is like pretty accurate to what the character would have become as time Mm -hmm. goes on i mean she's like a very like high strung waspy 
you know, Upper East Side white woman. So of course she freaks out at any sort of like, oh, my daughter doesn't want to wear floofy dresses. Although I was like, give me that Oscar de la Renta, I'll wear it. I know. (laughs) That's a $2,000 dress. For a dress that you're going to grow out like in six months. I was amazed by her indulgence. Yeah, so I... But I would have liked to see how her relationship with Harry has changed over time. Yeah. And we're not really getting that. You're right. And what do you mean by that? Well, when they first got married, you know, like when they first met, it it was under such weird circumstances. He was her divorce lawyer. Uh, You know, he was so like worshipful of her. I want I just kind of want to see how that dynamic has changed as they've aged together. And yeah. as our kids have grown up, I feel like Harry has not had such like a stronger hand in raising these daughters. He seems to be like in and out fun dad, like yeah. skateboard in the apartment. Right. And like play video games with them. And yeah, yeah that's we have like an opportunity to see like what these couples could have become. And it really seems like they really are like the men are all disappointing. Yeah. They're on the side. Yeah. And the women are driving like the plot slash family for like the plot for their family. Um, I I did love that scene. I think it was in the Diwali episode where um, she learns that Rose changes her name to Rock. And mm-hmm. like the way that they both co-parent like through that situation, the conversation with the teachers, I it was so subtle, but like every time the other person spoke, the other person would nod and support like, yes, what they said and just the way they supported each other. Like I actually found that storyline really fulfilling because I love that Charlotte, her character could have easily gone into like, she despises everything and she rejects right. it, but you can see that she's like embracing it, but like, she's also reevaluating and just like the comment of like, why can't people be the way that they always said? And I feel like Charlotte's is the truest form of like, I'm progressing, but also like learning along the way, like it's pretty challenging for me kind of thing. Um, Yeah. And I think also in the uh, dinner party scene, you can really see that because even though she like really embarrasses herself trying to like put together a progressive dinner party when it's like time to stick up for her friends, she knows a lot about art. She like stays in her own lane, which is good. Yeah. But like, she still knows a lot um she doesn't embarrass herself from that moment which I thought was nice totally I thought it was like pretty oh I love your cats like in the background (laughs) hi I've heard of this too um I thought on the opposite end Miranda in those scenes like I just felt like oh and that's my dog um but she was so painful to watch with that professor I don't know why they're making her so cringe like she didn't she wasn't this cringy I don't remember that Mm -mm. And as a lawyer, I feel like she would know more about how to speak to people. Like, I don't know. It just seems really like out of place for her. I agree. And if she's making this a huge life decision to like focus on getting a master's and going into like a more progressive, um, progressive job, progressive form of being a lawyer, like you think that she would have had some sort of background to know what she was getting herself into. I would have liked to see her like get involved in like politics in Brooklyn. Like, you know, let's, they, they moved there in the nineties, right? Like, let's talk about how Brooklyn's changing instead of yeah. complaining about it still. I know it's like kind of lame now because we all know like Brooklyn has really become 
cooler. Um, yeah, I completely agree. It would almost mirror Cynthia Nixon's real life, which I feel like they've done from the sexual identity piece, but not necessarily the other piece. But if Miranda decides she's going to run for governor, I don't know what I'm going to do with this yeah. show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Now the main character, Carrie. So I have so many thoughts about Carrie, but like, please, I would love to hear yours first. Well, Carrie has always made the situations about herself, right? And like that character trait still continues. But when I was watching as like a younger person, that's what we all do when we're younger. But at this point, Carrie has been married for 20 years ish. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was hoping to see a little bit more change from her. I was also hoping to see maybe a little bit more like progressiveness in her wardrobe we've not gotten any like you know black designers she's not wearing anything like amazing she's wearing the same stuff she was she was wearing before kind of like she's brought out those manila blonics yeah and I love those I have them uh but like let's see how things have changed not just like for her personally but like in the world you know, let's get some Christopher John Rogers on her. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, I'm, I, in real life, I would just be surprised if something like Carrie wasn't like, you know, following fashion as much. No, as for sure. It seems like she's really sticking to like the way things were. Um, in an interesting way, she actually reminds me, remember that scene in the series where she's like going out, it starts raining and she gets like, um, she goes to a diner and she sits next to kind of like this older woman who seems a little kooky and she's like oh, sprinkling, yeah. yeah, pills on top of her, um, forget what it was. Ice cream. Yeah. But what was it that she was sprinkling? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Um, I did recently rewatch the entire series and watching that as an adult is really confusing it's very cringy yes agreed um but in that scene she's like I don't want to become this older woman who's like crazy and like lacing her ice cream she's kind of to me becoming that person who's like very stuck in her ways and like rejecting the like stuff of today they're making her seem like my friend pointed out like they don't seem like they're 50s like 55 like Samantha turned 50 at the end of the first movie and she wasn't acting half as like I don't get the world nowadays so like I right. think that seems a little strange that they've turned them into like these like really curmudgeon people but Carrie does seem like she's um in a way it's almost like she's losing control because the world around her is like too new she's not like the modern the person who's in with everything anymore but it just seems like she's more complaining and I completely agree like to watch her even now like in this series you're like oh my god you make everything about you But like the fact that now, like there's, she's still so proud of like friendship and boundaries don't go for me. Like, I'm like, you're like, literally like, you don't listen to anyone else in your life. Like even when Charlotte was like, I think Miranda has a problem. She's like, and then she's like, even that conversation at the park where she was like, big dying is a big thing. This, I don't even like, it seems dismissive almost. And always like, well, I've been through the trauma. Remember guys, it's like my Right. and that's been really painful to watch like 
my theory actually like on Samantha is actually that she might have left because of the dynamic of the friendships. Like I would love to see that as the reason why Samantha left the group. Yeah, I don't think they'd ever allow it because Sarah Jessica Parker is like such a driving force of the show. Um, And they don't want it to like mirror the actual real life relationship between them, right? Which is ironic because they did make it very petty. Like how like Samantha left. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I just, I had uh, different hopes, I think, for all of these women and it is wild that they're portraying them as like so elderly. I think it actually makes me cynical about other people because it's like if these progressive, stylish, rich women cannot change, what hope is there for other people? Yeah, that's a really good point. Kind of depends. And also, I mean, there we are just instead of like seeing ourselves in the show we are just experiencing everything through the lens of these white women so I completely agree and then you sprinkle in the stories of these women of color which don't always even make sense first of all I just actually don't understand why they exist in the show um they seem to always crop up like especially Seema just seems to be running shit for Carrie like booking her appointment like she's such a classic like I'm there for Carrie's story also look at me really quick I'm like a different culture um so I mean I would love to talk about like a couple of things like now that we're entering the piece of like they know diversity exists um Seema and the Diwali episode what did you think of that one it was terrible (laughs) um just even naming the episode Diwali and having it be in the show for like two or three minutes barely um and then having Seema like have her like grand dialogue of its cultural appreciation so everybody can feel good about the episode yeah was a little bizarre I completely agree like I I think you saw like in the down to brown like Instagram I kind of went like I had my like reaction thoughts as I had just finished the episode and I think that was like really to your point completely agreed Diwali like the way that I saw it is like a it just serves Carrie's journey again which is like great another case of like a white person co-opting a culture for their journey um, right. from the moment of like so I guess like I'm assuming the analogy for like the Diwali the light and darkness is like the apartment too right like they always like put things on theme like the apartment is full of light is like Carrie ready for that um but it was also a strange feeling to like talk about a holiday that celebrates the lightness then she rejects that like new beginning and the bright apartment she takes the bracelet that like is almost an afterthought like even the way it was set up where Seema's like oh I forgot to give it to you this is a Hindu thing that like blah 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 okay and then Carrie's like oh strength Hinduism and then she like yeah. changes her life um so all of that seemed very conveniently for the plot and it actually is even more painful to see, even if there is an Indian writer in the room with the two, I think it's Darren Starr and I forget the other guy, but Michael it just, King. yes, yeah. yes, Michael King. It is like very painful to see like a person of color, almost like giving permission to a platform that is primarily for white women and then being like, great. Like, so how are people going to, if this is the one episode they see about like wearing cultural clothing, 
what are they taking away about like appropriation and appreciation? Yeah, it really is like, okay, if somebody tells you you can wear something, go for it. Yeah. Seema bought her a $6,000 outfit. Yeah. That is not even the same outfit they were talking about. They were talking about like, let's go to the sari shop. Let's buy some saris for the party. Mm -hmm. Seema shows up in a sari. Apparently, Langa. Yes. Langa is like too hard for the general audience to understand. Carrie is not even wearing her like dupatta with the outfit. She's just like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Full crazy hair situation. Totally. I don't even know where she got that from. (laughs) That seemed almost like Frida Kahlo y, but I won't even insult Frida Kahlo by saying that she even did that like Mohawk situation. It was very like um, Coachella to me, like the way she put it together and like, yeah, like a costume and not an outfit. Exactly, like a fashion statement, which Carrie is, but for who? Right, I mean, that was like the thing that she's most excited about for Diwali, right? Like, oh, I can buy an outfit or I can have this outfit now. And how does she not know about Diwali is my concern. Like, come on. I mean, who even knows what time of year this is taking place because the women were having a picnic outside. It's obviously not actually November, so... And just like releasing this now, I, I don't mean like, you know, even Christmas, Thanksgiving episodes, people typically wait till that time of year, make it right. relevant. Like this could have easily been like one of the like 20 like harvest festivals that we have in South Asia. And I mean, Sankranti is literally next week. Like exactly. it is next Thursday, I think. Yeah, there's so many things that are coming sooner. And like for them to pick on this, like it just seemed really for their like light darkness metaphor. Right. Um, And how to serve Carrie instead of the only thing we learned about Seema in this is that Diwali to her means that her parents are going to complain about her not being married. But I really think she is 55. Do we really think that her parents are still yelling at her to get married? See, that's like the part where like, I also had people respond to some of the, you know, posts on the account on Instagram to say like, Hey, like I'm in my forties and like my parents definitely are still on my, you know, ass about this. So I think that is accurate. Um, I also had people say like, Oh, like we just recently had like a family's wedding. And, um, because of that, like we did allow people to wear outfits and it wasn't appropriation. Like it was appreciation. And I agree, like, even, I mean, you were at my wedding, like, we saw that, like, I, I asked people literally, like, please wear Indian clothes. So we yeah. were like, as long as you support a South Asian business, and we are telling you, we would like to have people in traditional attire, then like, yes, I, I think, and still my friends like texted and, and like texted Anton to be like, hey, is it okay? Like, are you sure it's like, not going to be awkward? Could we borrow something that's from a South Asian business? Like, so like, people are like, more sensitive to it. But I can see how it's split in the sense, like, yes, that's a part of our culture, the piece of like, okay, like our parents are worried about marriage and all that. But like, is that the plot line every single fucking time? Indian matchmaking, that like, that's why I hate Indian matchmaking is because right. perpetu- like how many times do we need to see marriage in South Asian culture? And that is it. We don't see anything, like her parents don't ask for anything else. We don't see anything else about them. We don't know anything about them. 
I mean, her brother is a doctor, right? Like make it a little bit more accurate. Have the parents be like, there's still time for you to go to med school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, Leave it's real estate strange. behind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we're going to perpetuate the stereotypes, at least like make it a little funnier. <laughs> a little more realistic even the fact that like um she has like her own car like big status I'm like she's a successful girl like I feel like most brown parents like especially at this day and age they've evolved past like okay marriage 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 and they're like as long as my kid is happy as long as my kid is successful and like she does check all those boxes so I don't know. There's something about it just seemed really inaccurate. I felt like they were putting the like storyline of a woman in her twenties that we see right. like the South Asian versus like a woman who is much more complex and multidimensional than what Seema is. I agree. Um, we also, like I said, we don't know anything about her. Is she a first generation? Did she mm-hmm. immigrate from India? Like Carrie has not asked her like anything about herself. She's just like, oh, I get this nice outfit and I get to go to a party. Yes. No, give us at least like some aunties gossiping about Carrie in the background. (laughs) Like what's that headpiece? Yeah. Like Sex and the City could be so, I mean, and just like that, I guess, but like could be so much more self-aware. I agree. Yeah. I I feel bad. I know that there's one Indian writer on this episode. I, I am curious to see if we'll ever see this, what else she pitched and like, maybe if the people in charge were like, no, this is the narrative we want to perpetuate, but it's still, I mean, what is the point of the diversity of this character if we're not like exploring her and if we're just seeing like her diversity through this white woman's eyes? Like, oh, this is like a exotic celebration that I've never heard of, even though I've lived in New York for 40 years which is crazy yeah the way it's even set up is very cringe it's like a little bit like you could show that scene literally in a like elementary school to teach kids what Diwali is where she's like how have I not heard about it and then Mm -hmm. goes into her little like Wikipedia like monologue of what it is but all of that like just seemed to serve like I think the problem with this and you know I don't want to tire this topic is like I think we as an audience, like especially South Asians, like right now, I'm seeing that there's an appetite for more, right? Like there's, we clearly have more complex stories to ourselves. Like maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would have been satisfied with like, even just seeing ourselves to some degree and seeing like arranged marriage represented or like the pressure to become a doctor or engineer. But now I feel like we're kind of, you know, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like we're over it. Like we're like, yeah, okay. That's like, 20 years ago, those were our problems, but like, we have very different problems now as a society. And like, we're still talking about things like as if it was so long ago when we were growing up in the nineties and two thousands in America. Right. We're, this episode is like at the same level as the office episode of Diwali. And that did come out like 15, 15 ish years ago. Yeah. I frankly thought they did a better job in the office than here. Yeah, well, Mindy Kaling wrote that episode, so. Thank God. The one. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. one representing us <laughs> proudly. I know. I mean, speaking of, even on HBO, Sex Lives of College Girls is like a better representation of 
what being brown in today being a brown girl in today's society is right like she gets to do everything that everybody else gets to do that's that's fair I had someone also reach out being like oh even that show bugs me because like the whole like Indian girl wasn't allowed to do anything at home and then now she's like going crazy so I'll just stop there because I haven't seen the show yet Mm. but um that's something that's just like someone told me and so I thought that was also interesting of like okay well maybe we are again like I just feel like we're getting tired of these tropes of like it was conservative back home like we have pressure to get married like married or like have successful careers like we have like very deep love stories we have very complex histories as families like we went through really interesting and traumatic shit as like you know people who have even grandparents who went through partition even just as recently they can still talk about it and there's just so much more to our stories that I think like is just painful to see because even aside from like educating other people about like what are maybe some of the things that like this identity experiences like for ourselves I would like to see us like where our stories like are something different and like not just this like one dimensional piece where I'm like, okay, well, who am I as this uh, American Indian person? If Indian American, sorry. Um, if I don't have arranged marriage as my problem anymore, or like, I don't have to worry about my career. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, you and I are both married to not Indian guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we both aren't in like the traditional doctor engineer career mm-hmm. where, I mean, so is Seema like she's a real estate agent it'd be curious to see like what she experienced who knows how long she's been a real estate agent if she was like an agent in the 90s like it'd be interesting to see what she experienced but instead her story is just boiled down to like I'm disappointing my parents they had an arranged marriage I don't want that for myself and it's kind of like that I just feel sad for the character that she's in her 50s and she's still having this conversation oh for sure and also the fact that like arranged marriage I'm really getting tired of people showing it as if it's such a like devastating thing um especially it's like kind of like we're seeing things through the middle gaze we said earlier but like the um seeing things through like the white American gaze is also really painful I remember I went to a wedding like I think three years ago now before COVID and the person who was getting married was um, he was in the military before. And so he was stationed in Afghanistan and then he came back and obviously like he's getting married. Uh, and in his speech, he was like, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, like I talked to a man who was local there and he was saying that he was getting married the next day to this person who he had just met like the week before and his family was arranging their marriage And I had asked him like, Hey, is this for love? And he was like, no, it's like my family. And so this guy was telling the story in his speech as a way to say, like, we're so lucky to be able to fall in love in America, et cetera. And that pissed me off. Like, I remember telling you, like Anton and I were talking about it after. And it's like, I, I think he's trying to be like worldly and like, you know, perspective, but like, it takes arranged marriage fully out of context. Like it is actually it works for a lot of people there's a reason why these like collectivist cultures had this happen and it's not like the like there's so many other things to worry about like then arranged marriage and like marrying for love um I could go on about this but I think you know you and I are on the same page about this but I just thought it was very insulting and I think that's where like even here in this show I'm like that's not that's really insulting to me to see like arranged marriage pitched so poorly yeah I mean 
even when my my parents had arranged marriage and even when they were getting married they knew each other beforehand and they were yeah. like yeah that's it's fine it's not like you know we're like tying people up to like drag them to the altar yes totally no I agree and I just um I it's also interesting to me because we do live in a world where we like go on blind dates through like apps and like it's not like right so what's the boring. difference really exactly so I don't know that part like makes me feel a little bit like okay cringe but I, I think again beating the point of like we really need to move past some of these storylines for South Asians right I mean especially for Diwali like show us some sparklers show us some fireworks like give us yeah. a little bit more of like how people actually celebrate there was like no food no other conversations yeah um it just really was like we're gonna name drop this celebration to further Carrie's journey of getting over big I completely agree it was very frustrating um and that being said you know I'm like I know again like we so for people listening like we had our friend who was going to come in and join us and uh, due to a mix-up on that's my fault we couldn't have her but um I was really excited to talk tackle some of the topics and maybe we could a uh, little bit here of like just all of the other characters that are involved um so we have I forget their names but we have the teacher professor who's from the morning I show. mean it's like so like like the show we don't know their names really because they like don't really talk about them even mention them I've only heard yeah. Carrie say Seema a few times but yeah and then LTW um so we have those two characters and so how have you been feeling about their characters and like what the role they play in the story well like the way the show is set up every main character is like so siloed with their like ethnic friend like the <laughs> friend nobody has met each other you know That's like true they're they're like one brown person at a time on this show really <laughs> minus the dinner party scene it's like you know Carrie has her brown friend Miranda has hers Charlotte has hers they can't mix that is so freaking true you're right I didn't even notice that but you're yeah it's like they have this little pen pal that they can get a little bit of perspective with in that way right. I find Charlotte and LTW's friendship the most genuine it seems I like think so too yeah it seems very natural I don't really know why the professor would end up hanging out with Miranda that was a little I mean me. it would be actually extremely unprofessional to like hang out with your student like that yeah and tell them about your like you know with the childbearing like right and again I think that's where I'm like I just feel like they're showing very like we need to show something about how hard it is to have kids and so they introduced this character I did like again I just like need to look up the name because I, I feel bad calling her the professor um but I loved how they showed her relationship with her husband I thought that yeah. was really sweet that was really nice that's actually maybe the only married relationship on the show that's realistic oh you mean big and Carrie weren't realistic <laughs> well big was in a relationship with his peloton I know and his instructor uh, which became a whole mess after well it's like a mess and then a mess on top of that but we can get to that later so much yes later um and her name is Dr. Naya Wallace 
Um, she's a phenomenal actress. I really like her acting, but, um, again, I just wish they gave her a little bit more than what they're doing. Um, right. That's like the theme with all of the women of color. It's like, we hear how great they are, but like, show us. It's not, it's not enough anymore to be like a dialogue of like, oh my God, she's a really amazing professor. And I kind of feel like she was, she wouldn't be hanging out with Miranda like that. No, absolutely not. I that's yeah I completely agree I think I really wish like I just wished for more like again like they're trying so hard to be like we're so woke we even that scene of like Miranda stumbling to say the right thing again a little unrealistic for the character of Miranda but I was like okay are they just trying to show like after 2020 when white people realize like race is a thing then is this like kind of them showing that world um but it's like wildly offensive because it like never had, there was one person of color in the entire series that ever was like significant. And that was like Dr. Robert or, um, yeah. and, and, and that was at least like a natural portrayal. Like they didn't like make it like a big, like, um, I feel like they gave him a character that was at least interesting to watch. And, um, but it, it just seems very disingenuous now. It's just, you're like the show is telling me that in Miranda's entire time of like living in Brooklyn being on like the front line of gentrification of Brooklyn like Brady has gone to school she's like never met another black person since Dr. Robert I know <laughs> and I was like how did you have such a full-on relationship with him if like this is how like like maybe that's a good thing for Dr. Robert that you didn't end up with him because clearly yeah, you would have struggled sure. um yeah. And the way they showed like the other storyline with a black person in and forget any other ethnicity, but like a black person in the series was when Samantha dated that guy from the hip hop industry. And that, yeah, was that episode is really brutal. And it, it, I know that people are like, we miss Samantha, but rewatching that this year, I was like, Samantha cannot be on the show. <laughs> like, no, this is a wildly, I don't know why there's so much love for her. Like that was such an insane episode. It really was like, I think it was like, take, um, God, what's that movie with Julia Stiles, but like make it worse. Oh shit. Uh, which one? The one where they dance, say the last dance. Oh yeah. I didn't see that one. Is it oh. similar? Uh, Never mind then. Okay. <laughs> I feel like if you <laughs> didn't watch it, it, like when you can it recap came out, it for other people who've listened or watched it. Okay. Well, there is a very like infamous scene. Carrie Washington plays the guy's sister, and she's like, "Stay away from Derek. Like he should only be dating black women." And Julia Stiles is like, "No, I want to date him." <laughs> and so in that episode that I think actually came out around the same time as the movie the sister is like yeah you shouldn't be dating Samantha you should only be dating black women and so it like mirrors that movie don't watch the movie now if you didn't see it as a kid okay yeah then no thank you um yeah yeah. that'd be pretty cringy because I feel like there's things that I watch now where like to your point like even that scene I'll start with that one it is very much glossing over the fact that there's like a completely reasonable logic behind what the sister is saying and that it serves the purpose of like white people feeling misunderstood for dating someone of color and it's just so cringe 
Um, and then the other time they talk about like, uh, the other movie I was thinking of recently is like, I've been watching Die Hard with my new husband, Anton. And, um, the second one with Samuel L. Jackson, I was like, Oh, oh my God, way to gaslight this dude's like racism, like yeah. accurate comments about racism and like gaslight the shit out of it. Like Bruce Willis was like, Oh, what you think it's a race thing. And I'm like, he's like, probably like, yes, I think it's a race thing. Like, yeah. So stuff like that is very frustrating, but I remember even like the other time they had um, representation was that scene where Charlotte is getting married for the second time. And it's like this black woman who's on her bachelorette and she's like, oh, take my life. Oh yeah. And I was like, what the way they use like people of color to like elevate the story of the white person is like repeated. I mean, it's people as props, right? Culture as a prop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diversity as a prop. Absolutely. What do you think now that like, okay, so like taking a step back and looking at everyone, um, what do you feel about their dynamics now? Like today, Miranda, Charlotte, Carrie, and then like invisible Samantha. We haven't seen them together that much, to be honest. Mm. We got the picnic scene, the funeral. Yeah maybe a brunch I can't remember yeah some meals they have like meals together um yeah which all are like Carrie it's like that episode in this series where she's like I don't need therapists I need my friends and you're like right you need a therapist girl yeah Yeah. and like the fact that still in 2022 they released something after the pandemic and this chick is still not going to therapy not only like in general but after the death of her husband seems like very unrealistic to me or Miranda with her like sexual awakening. Yeah. Not being like, I need to, yeah. (laughs) Or Charlotte with Uh her daughter slash child, like they all should be going to therapy. Yeah. They actually like, are like the audacity when the teacher suggests it, but you're like, no, that's a very good point. Yeah. Take some therapy. Um, I was going to ask, like, we didn't talk about Che. I... Che has become like an internet meme and it is hilarious <laughs> to me. I don't know if you've seen this. these. I don't know if you've seen. Okay. You, I haven't. Uh, You're really good, by the way, at finding things on the internet. I've noticed. Like I almost follow your account as like a news account of like. Extremely <laughs> online. I don't know how, but I'm extremely online. Um, the meme that is like my favorite right now is Drew Barrymore from Scream answering the phone and like screaming and it says like hey it's Che Diaz <laughs> oh my gosh that's hilarious I like, I'll I think send it to you later because you gotta see it. it's do, yeah. really good we'll have to share it Che is the only one who's like shaking the game and then just like leaving in her happy comedy corner and like going away and not getting yeah. involved in the drama which is also really cool the character is, I just think the character is on a different show. Yes, I agree. I did think, I mean, it, it is funny to have Charlotte talk about like the sex and like, who's they? Like, were there multiple people? Like, it is interesting to have her figure out pronouns. I think it's like, but it's a little too slapsticky, but she's the most conservative character. So if she can get it, anybody can yeah. get it. No, for but, sure. Um, I go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say again, like we don't really know anything about Che. Like 
they're just like driving Miranda's I don't know sexual awakening not quite sure what's happening with her yeah she's another example of someone who's very vibrant and she clearly has they, I would almost sorry. say, like, oh yeah, sorry. They um have such a wonderful story that probably rivals everyone in the show right now. I'm like, I would rather watch a whole show about Che um, because it's that you can see like the layers in even her com- limited time. Um, not to mention she's a very dynamic actress. Uh, they're a I'm dynamic gonna, actress. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna keep. Uh, sorry. No, it's okay. That's keep how it should be. You. Yes. <laughs> um, Thank you. But it's interesting, actually, that I, I, I'm, I'm falling trapped to it, too. But the way that they're struggling with the pronouns, like, it seems like they're really making the point about pronouns more than anything else in the show. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I, I'm actually not sure. I, I don't know if it's, like, whoever's involved with the show. I don't know what's going on. Like, maybe that's the thing that Sarah Jessica Parker in her real life has like the most access to because I know that she she hangs out with a lot of queer people so maybe it's just something she's been experiencing in her real life yeah that they wanted to bring to the show I I do think a lot of what's happening in the show is driven by the actresses themselves because they are like they're I think they're all producers this time around so they have a lot of power um I do feel like Cynthia Nixon was like I'm not touching any men so (laughs) figure (laughs) it out everybody (laughs) the one man we haven't talked about is big so yeah how are we feeling like I mean the first episode shooketh with the character development for that love story um how do you feel about big I mean, big as a character has always been terrible, but also like who in their dating lives didn't feel like one boyfriend, one ill-timed terrible yes. boyfriend was their big, you know? Um, I definitely had an ex that after I saw the movie, I like called him crying and was like, we should get back together. <laughs> what was the response we need to click into this one I think that we did get back together oh wow yeah so unfortunately the show has like uh informed my dating life a little too much I agree I and and that's like even in the intro for this podcast I remember saying like I use it so much as a beacon of like how life should look like and dating and oh my God, at UC Davis, which is the most like chill fashion, like fashion scene. I, I can't even say fashion. I would go to like the bit, like thrift stores and like get little outfits and wear them to class. Cause I was like, I'm so carry right now. <laughs> <laughs> like There was a week that I like smoked in the parking lot of Rite Aid with like my off shoulder sweater that was my oh, wow. Yeah. And then after I was like, oh, this is like really bad for people on birth control. Um, so I stopped, but I just, yeah, level of modeling, especially for toxic relationships, which like harkens back to this point about like, I wish the show was a little bit more self-aware. I think there's one person who in the funeral was like, does anyone else remember him as a prick? Like I do. It was his brother who said that. Who was it? Big's brother. Oh, no way. I thought it was the girl who was like, um, she was the really loud friend she had that like wanted a divorce. It was her. You're right. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, his brother also said some stuff, but I yeah, I think it was like you don't know him as well as you thought. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was really really interesting, but I am glad that they it was only one episode with him because I, I just couldn't watch that dynamic anymore. I mean, I think the mo- even more than that episode, the most telling thing is like when she was stalking Natasha and that she didn't know what was in his will. Yeah. I don't know about you. And I actually, I recommend this to all of the listeners, even though we're young, write your wills. Yeah. No, I, um, I completely agree. And you should be writing it with your spouse. So you should know yes. what's going on. And I I just think that even in death, Big was withholding and um, wanted to control the relationship. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you also do something like that, even if you end up not writing the will with your partner, you would tell them like, hey, by the way, I like wrote this in the will. So you're not caught off guard in the future. Mm-hmm. This is why. Um, I think the whole fact that we're like, I mean, not to say that like you wouldn't grieve your husband and like, you know, I'm not taking away from that whole thing, but there's just something about big that never, I feel like they've never acknowledged like, yeah, for a while we sold you this love story that like is really toxic. If you're going to talk about now all the things were being called out in 2022 and like, yes, we know pronouns now we know that like people should be more diverse and inclusive. Like then this seems odd to me that they haven't acknowledged this at all. Or even like Anthony and Stanley's relationship is super like strange to me. I don't know what they're doing with that story at all. Well, with Anthony and Stanford, it's like they shouldn't have gotten married in the first place. I feel like the writers were like, here's our two gay characters. So let's just get them married off. Yeah. It's like, they don't make any sense together it like it just like doesn't make any sense and it doesn't make sense that Carrie would keep Anthony as a friend because they like no matter what Stanford did like don't you think that she would take his side and be like oh my god yes absolutely yes so I think uh, yeah like that whole piece doesn't make any sense and I also just wish like I know there are two gay writers in the room but I just wish we were watching a like the love between them two, like it just seems sucky that the one relationship they put that are like their token gay friends are like this, like really dysfunctional, strange, like cheating on each other. Like it's it just objectively, like whether they were straight too, I'd be like, that's some, kind of an odd couple to watch. Um, yeah. I mean, again, another conversation to have about like non-monogamy and like, mm-hmm. they never talk about how that was a part of their relationship. Yes. And it is a big part of a lot of queer marriages and relationships. Yeah. Not but it's just kind of like, a, yeah. It's not always a bad thing too, right? To have an open relationship. Like there are lots know. of people who are having successful relationships with folks and, and, and being open. And so I think it's like a very, again, like to this point about one dimensional storytelling, like you could have a real opportunity to talk about this. Like I know so many people in my life now who are like thinking through some of these like non-conventional ways of relationshiping and like it's great like it makes them happy and so I don't know there's like a whole part of the conversation that's missing yeah and back to big I mean the only time that big looked really good was when they showed Carrie dating Petrovsky and they're like we gotta make this guy really bad I know big looks really good in comparison when he comes to save her well I mean when he leaves her at the altar 
I don't know how she could forgive that, but you know, sometimes I rewatched the movie recently and I was like, would I have run away from him if he came back and was like, hey, I fucked up? You know, he like within five minutes, he just freaked out for a second. But the whole like, I this is personal, right? Like, I understand if this is a hot take, but the throwing the flowers and like the fuck you forever, <laughs> the changing. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is. I, I would have not been thrilled. I would have had many talks with my partner after and like gone to therapy with him. Gone to like, therapy. Why, yeah, why would you yeah. have done this? A lot but, of these things in the show can be solved by everybody going to therapy. Oh yeah. But then you wouldn't have a show according to the people like that. And you're like, no, yeah. you, could, you could do both. You could do both. I mean, um, if I was Carrie, I'd be like, well, Big has been married like four times. <laughs> so we're going to go to couples therapy before yes. we get married. Yeah. <laughs> excited to ask you what do you think happened to samantha jones i think that she was like okay these girls are like so stuck in their ways they're like not changing they just want to keep talking about the same stuff they're all married and boring and i'm just gonna go to london (laughs) i agree i found it very interesting that they made it about like the atm thing like i don't think that like it seems so Carrie is not making so that much money to be honest like to be an atm for samantha no yes samantha Samantha, has hollywood money samantha was trying to buy a birkin in like season four you know yeah samantha doesn't need your book money i completely agree um also just don't understand how she's writing books she's on one podcast and she's like just interchangeably buying apartments but that's well she has all of big's money now right and he was like just randomly giving natasha a million dollars who knows what his net worth is (laughs) she she's just working for fun she's not working for the money that's a good point so yeah i mean then we could call it what it is it's like a bunch of rich white women with their interesting people of color friends right um if the last episode ends with like all of the people of color friends meeting each other I don't know what I'm gonna do oh what if that becomes a spinoff and just like that we started our new show (laughs) yeah (laughs) I hope so I really hope Samantha like this is my dream for the world and just like that like just that she somehow brings carry to a reckoning that she did has spent her life like very self-absorbed and that she could be doing more to like expand her world but I don't think that's gonna happen Mm -mm. definitely not and it's not just Carrie it's all of them right so yeah that's true but since she's such a driver and she does make everything about herself I still see even Miranda and Carrie are there as vehicles for Carrie like speaking of and that style of show seems really outdated too which I just wish they had read the room of like where is it I mean Emily Emily in Paris is exactly the same kind of thing as this I refuse to watch that show but it's by the same people so are you shocked no I'm not shocked I'm just shocked at how many people watch it and how fast I hate watched it (laughs) I know my feed is all about Emily in Paris. I'm like, I don't even fucking watch the show. I have no desire to see things about this show, but it's, it's very like, to me, the concepts seem really cringy. It is cringy. It's oh, just great. really, I mean, but it really, I, it made me realize that 
in the entire run of Sex in the City, they only leave the country twice and they like fully embarrass themselves both times they leave the country. And it's That's like, so these women are not like, they are supposed to be like, you know, metropolitan, sophisticated. And it's like, Charlotte goes to like a beautiful resort in Mexico and just eats pudding cups the entire time. Come on. How It's very insulting. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, she got sick anyway. And you're like, yeah, because you never drink the water of like any, you know, and either, even yeah. then it's unrealistic because no resort would have water that's like not that clean um, right. at that level. So like, yeah, I completely agree. Like I never thought about that, like the times that they've left, but to me, again, it goes back to that old lady in the like ice cream parlor, like yeah. they're all becoming that like New York is the best to the point where you're like, right. you're just, it's very, embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you only know that. And so before we wrap, I think it's also important to acknowledge the fact that like there was the death of Big as the character, but also there seems to be a reputational de- death of the actual character, Chris Noth, which is like not almost surprising to me in that like his, I don't know, the vibe of his character. I'm almost like, oh, that's, it, it almost makes sense, but I would wish that people yeah. were different from the characters that they played. Um and the women didn't come out. Actually, I thought it was really interesting that the women of the show were like condemned him. But um, right. how have you been thinking about that? And what did you see? I mean, I I just think it's really interesting that they are also cutting him from the last episode of the show. So we were supposed to get some sort of like ghost of big. Mm-hmm. Um, the creators and showrunners I believe have not actually like condemned him they've just said that they're going to cut him from the series finale or season finale I I was like pleasantly surprised that the three lead actresses came out as fast as they did and made a statement um I think that we're really progressing in that area of people believing survivors believing victims um so I thought that was great I agree I'm sure it must be like very triggering for those women to see this actor and this character back on their tv screens and being like lauded as this big tv show and so that's why they um released their stories when they did yeah no I I think like no one wants to who wants to go public with such a right right like experience that's so harrowing and traumatic and so I always like I completely agree like um believe the survivor um I to this day don't understand why men have not learned that the response should never be um, like denying it I feel like you could go so much farther by like even just acknowledging like hey I don't remember it that way but I believe them like I'm going to take some time to talk or like even understand process like I need to figure this out because clearly I, you know, people experience me differently. Like usually intention is, that's why we always talk about intent versus impact nowadays, right? It's like intent could be there and like, you think it's good, but that's your truth. So impact is what sometimes is more important. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I agree. Like, I think it's really, it's, it's, it, it is like the whole show in that way also seemed very desperate to me when we talk about like, even how we started, like, what is it trying to accomplish where I'm trying to understand why it came about and like now with like them kind of scrambling for the story and like knowing that they're changing the ending I'm like what was this all about then to begin with like right 
do they just want to act again in those characters like th this part doesn't make sense to me with like big and um yeah and we know from like previews and photos that we've seen that Carrie starts dating again mm -hmm. like is it is the it's the show returning her to like where she originally was I'm just not really sure yeah you're right like, I'm just not relationship, sure relationship with yourself and right and also I wish Carrie would date a person of color but she looks like she's going to be dating some more white men so yeah no I completely agree especially like I mean it could be believable that Seema's brother and her date even right like yeah that would be a really great um, she doesn't want to date a hot doctor I mean how crazy come on girl um and he had a sense of humor his whole google thing I was like <laughs> yeah cheeky and he's cute yeah <laughs> one of my other theories like after hearing about like big stuff was also like it to me I just imagined Kim Cattrall loling to herself privately because she kind of called it like her just like not being a part of this and saying that it was a toxic environment and then I remember Chris Noth had like um Sarah Jessica Parker's back where he was like yeah like Sarah Jessica Parker's a treat and this isn't to drag Sarah Jessica Parker I'm sure she's wonderful and I'm sure she also has her challenges but um, I thought it was interesting. I wonder if that's part of the toxic culture that some, uh, Kim Cattrall was talking about of like people Maybe. ignoring things because of who they are and like their brand um, becoming bigger than they're actual like holding them accountable to certain actions. But I just, um, I couldn't help but wonder about that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it full circle. <laughs> Perfect. So what do we think is going to happen? I mean, like we're going to do, of course, like a recap and review at the end of this series um do you know when the finale is I don't know I, I feel like the show just keeps on going <laughs> I can't believe we're like we're like five episodes in yeah we are Maybe we're like we're six. halfway through we're six. six yeah so they we probably yeah, are a little bit more I mean here's all the stuff that has to happen right like the Che Diaz stuff has to like Miranda has to get divorced maybe yeah uh Carrie is gonna start dating again mm -hmm. and sell that new apartment she just bought I guess the apartment she just like bought out of guilt yeah I wish we all could do that I would love that <laughs> yeah her her CGI apartment that was so I was like why do you even need to CGI this shit don't put it in there I know yeah, I agree embarrassing yes um I don't know what needs to wrap up with Charlotte's story. It's like, it's going to be an ongoing thing, right? Yeah. And I feel like Charlotte is the most realistic and that you're seeing a moment of time in her life and it will continue. Like there's no wrap up to be seen, um, in my opinion, other than maybe her just like being more like when she is embracing and like evolving with her daughters, but maybe her just like coming to peace with a lot of that stuff. Maybe that's it. Um, mm -hmm. Because I do like even the way they're showing like Lily and like how she is like telling her mom like, hey, it might have been culturally appropriate then, but like now and like, that's really like, I feel like that's the story I was looking for with these women. Um, but yeah, and I, I don't know if Stanley will come back to some degree. I, I, like, I don't know if they're just that's their way of saying goodbye to Stanley. It's quite insulting if that's the way they would do it. But I think I mean, I believe that we've seen everything he's filmed. So I think that's it for him. Mm, okay. Interesting. 
All right. Well, yeah. And then what about the women of color? Seema, Naya Wallace. Oh, boy. Well, hopefully Maya Wallace gets to decide if she wants to do another round of IVF. Mm -hmm. I would love to see more of like her coming to terms with like if she wants to like that's a more interesting story to me also like the age that we're at like does she want to have a kid or does she just feel like she's pressured by society to like go through this like really invasive procedure yeah maybe we'll see probably not totally I would actually love to see more of her and her husband too I think yeah they're super adorable he's super hot like I just like yeah love their support for each other yeah <laughs> great looking couple yes so um, supportive yeah it's like we don't even know what he does yet I think he goes on tour so I was like is she dating an artist like casually she said like oh know. he's gonna go back on tour so and then they did oh, give him like a bit a... of like a music musician oh. vibe maybe that's what it is um yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen with Seema I really hope I don't know. It's like, what else does Carrie have to go through that Seema's got to support her through, you know? Yeah. Not <laughs> to mention booking her hip surgery appointments. Like, yeah, I wonder if they'll end. I really hope Seema's like, I mean, if she wants to find love, maybe that's her ending too. But I think they've also given Carrie a single friend. That's what mm-hmm. they've done by doing that character. We just know so little about these women that it's really hard to predict where they're going to end up at the end of the season. That's very true. Um, well, what do you think is going to happen with Che Diaz and Miranda? Is I think Che a uh, fuck person. I, I think fuck so. boy, but it doesn't apply. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if she, uh, I wouldn't say that they are like a fuck person, but I think like they wanted to have fun with, like, I think they also saw like that moment in the hospital. I, I thought it was interesting where they were observing Miranda, like kind of feeling like, like, it was almost a moment of like, oh, that's your story. Like, huh. mm. like you really need to be liberated. Um, and I right. think Che serves that purpose for Miranda. I think Che is probably farther along their journey and saw Miranda oh, as sure. a hookup. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't even want that for Che to be with Miranda. So no, no, no. yeah, I think they're moving on with their life. And then Miranda will have to learn the hard way that like, it's almost like a good way of her thinking like is this what I'm blowing my life up over is it Che or is it like in general I feel like I have changed you know I feel different about my identity or is it that this was the way that I realized like I'm not living life I need to change my own life in a different way right if I would have never predicted at the beginning that we would have seen Miranda and Che having sex in Carrie's kitchen while Carrie pees the bed so yeah that, oh, the that show was so is giving giving a lot but not giving what we want I guess oh totally I I really just like wish that the last thing I'll say is like the thing that I also wish differently about the show is that when they have certain people or storylines that they don't just dis, they almost diss it and dismiss it instead of like acknowledging the beauty of what it was like Samantha could have been totally different story um with even like Miranda and Steve like I feel like she's really disrespecting the whole storyline and love story with Steve and his development and how much he was there for her and their journey not to mention Mm -hmm. hypocritical 
So like, oh, those yeah. are the things that I'm kind of like, even Stanley, I'm like, why do you have to make them such a villain in order for them to not exist in your show? Like that part seems Yeah, strange. Stanford's character was just so like mean and him and Anthony are just like so mean to each other. And yeah. I was like, you guys had Liza Minnelli at your wedding. Come on. Yeah. and they like seem to patch up right before the episode that he left so right I mean I know that the circumstances were unavoidable but it could have just they could have left on happier terms I still don't think Carrie and Anthony would be friends like the way they are yeah not be going to like plastic surgery consultation honestly I feel like Charlotte should have gone with Anthony but then I think there's already been a lot of discourse about her the actress's plastic surgery so oh interesting I didn't know that um I did see that like he, she commented like fuck you to the people that like were calling her out on just aging which they've been doing to all of them which is yeah. just like unnecessary um goes to shore society but um I agree and I also it was funny I re-watched the Diwali episode with Anton for like homework for this uh for us to talk and I watched um, part of it with Brian this morning Yes. And he was like, man, she even made the consultation about her. Right. <laughs> it's so true. So I, I, I remember that guy was like preparing the needles for Anthony's injection. And then he just like, Gary. Oh. Right. Yeah. Well, Sahidi, this was such a treat to start my Sunday talking to you about this. And I have the right amount of buzz um, from my boozy tea. I don't know if you oh, do. Good. <laughs> you're not from my non-alcoholic. non-alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm Miranda, preseason uh, episode six, and you are her episode six onward. So I love right. this. It's setting the tone for the future. <laughs>